0: 2022 season has come to an end for the New York Football Giants, and tonight will be our semi-postmortem episode. This will not be our last episode of the season, but we want to thank you all for joining us. My name is Tom Scavetta, joined alongside Hank and Indictor and Sam Cardona here on Big Blue Avenue. Sam and Hank, how are you both doing after that brutal crash landing? In Philly on a Saturday night?
1: Um, gotta say, it wasn't, wasn't the best game I've ever watched. Um, I actually went out to go watch it with my friend, and um, I was surrounded by Eagles fans in New York, which was fantastic. Love that. Um, so, yeah, so it wasn't the best, um, but I think we have a lot of good, exciting things to look back on and things that we can look forward to in the
2: future.
0: Agreed, Henry.
2: Yeah, it was, I mean, what can I say? It was disappointing only because I was hoping this game would be more competitive. But at the end of the day, we need to really take things into perspective. This was a Giants team that had definitely overachieved. I mean, getting into the playoffs, like not only that, but even winning a playoff game, that was more than I thought could have even been possible this season and a big thanks to all that goes to joe shane and of course brian dable and the coaching staff that he established and brighter days are on the horizon but the sad truth is we just got spanked by a team that very well could have been the best team in the nfl all season long at least if we're talking about roster construction Mm -hmm.
0: yep Philadelphia Eagles get us again, three times in one season. It's not a fun thing to admit, but they owned us this season. Um, this season was a success, though. There's no doubt about it. But before we get too carried away, uh, quick reminder, if you're new, to check us out on all of our social media, on Instagram, and, Blue Avenue, and I want to shout out our proud sponsor, BetUS. You can sign up with our promo code below there at joint125. If you like the sports bet, that's the place to go. You can bet straight from your mobile device from anywhere at any place at any time. That's America's number one favorite sports book, BetUS. If you want to bet on this weekend's conference championship games, BetUS is the place to go. So um, it's tough. It, It hurt my heart a little bit. Also, it didn't help that, um, on my ride home Saturday night that I had to drive by City Field, just a brief reminder of what's in store <laughs> two months from now, I um, was not too thrilled about that. But I will say this, like I was saying, this season was a success. I know there's some people that are the Super Bowl or bus type, but with the expectations sort of uh, lowered on the Giants this season, it's hard to not be happy with how far we got, even though we didn't the ultimate goal Rome wasn't built in a day. So I think this season is a measurement of how far along this team has come in such a short period of time. And I'm nothing but proud of the progress each and every one of these players has made.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. It's it's, I mean, we, we love to see the way our quarterback has grown. We love to see the way that our team as a whole, how our defense has been able to spring back from, Losses and, and uh, of of players and things like that. I think that this team is resilient. I think that this team is something that we should be proud of. I think that we're going to look back on this season as like the first season of, of what's to come. And I'm excited that we got to kind of go through it. All three of us, like kind of commentate, like commentating on it this entire season, because I feel like a lot of things that we are predicting from this past season of this show is going to come to fruition this next um upcoming off season and next season so it's uh it's like all it's good things ahead i feel like the light is in front of us as opposed to
2: behind us yeah and that's something that we really haven't it's felt tough. in a long time
0: Super Bowl 46 this was the best season the giants have had since 2011 hands down 11 years in the making and that's why i say This season was a success and we know there's more work to be done, but the culture has changed and guys are pretty much going to be begging to stay here this off season. And we do have some comments before we get um, into the nuts and bolts of the show. Jason saying, hello, favorite part of the week. Thank you for the kind words, Jason and Garth, Michael Patrick co-host of Puckin' Around our hockey show on Tuesday nights here on the Reaping Preview Sports Network Congrats on a great season, guys. Tough loss for sure, but way ahead of schedule in my opinion, with a year one coach. Nothing to be ashamed of. Wear that blue pride, and most importantly, now more so than ever, it's time <laughs> to get fired up and excited. I- Rangers
2: Garth, let me just say you are damn yeah, right. LGR always there. I was just going to say, you Garth, probably you probably
0: de- see. Joe Shane and Brian Dable at some Ranger games this season.
2: (laughs) When I do, you will get all the pictures of that, that I will send your way.
0: Thank you for the comment, Garth. And speaking of Brian Dable and Joe Shane, Sam, I think they're the right people to run this organization. We know Dable was named NFC coach of the year um, by a poll already. And he's one of the five finalists, but I guess were you expecting him to to do this well? Because I don't think any of us were, but I all think we felt that he was a good coach the minute we hired him. We just I just I don't think maybe we expected playoffs in year one.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely I think all of our expectations were kind of lowered this year, even with the promise of what's to come with uh with Brian Dable and Joe Shane. But no, I think that he over exceeded our expectations. I think that he's done an amazing job in showing what he can do and what's, you know, possible with this team. And yeah, I mean, I definitely was just like, you know, we can't get too excited because what if it doesn't work out? But I mean, just like the fact that we even see the effect of the loss of Brian Dable in Buffalo. Like we, I don't know about you guys, but like, I mean, obviously the Bills had an incredible season as well, but we all expected them to easily go to the Super Bowl, and we saw them have a very terrible loss last weekend. And just that in and of itself, like Brian Dable not being there, has Josh Allen throwing turnovers, and it's it's like that's the effect as well as not only our team, but how the loss of him has affected another team. So I think that that's really uh, one of the stronger points of Brian Dable is, is how literally the lack of him can make you a worse team.
2: Yeah. It's the, it's the Dable. I couldn't
0: agree more. Hank, I want to ask you. uh, Yes. Sorry. You are cutting in and out just so that you're aware. Um, So I I think it's, I think it's you Tom
1: because I I'm, I'm me and Hank, I think are okay. I think you keep going in and out for me. I don't know about Hank.
0: Let me, um, leave and come back. Um, Hank, we'll get to some, if you can get some comments here while I try to fix whatever's going on on my end.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, Joseph Clark says not the ending we wanted, but it was a great launching pad for a better future. Absolutely. I think that's very well said. And I would tend to agree with that again, that I was saying this all year going to the playoffs. Was a really important goal for this Giants team, if only because you knew that there were going to be a lot of the younger players that would be there for the, ro- the long run. Like I'm talking about the Kayvon Thibodeau's and the Aziz Ojalaris. And then even though the jury's still out on whether he really is going to be our franchise quarterback for like the long term, Daniel Jones is obviously a factor in there as well as Saquon Barkley. So that definitely, I definitely agree with that comment. And, um, Giants played a good season they need to build on this year's success absolutely and you know what I think they'll do that because like like I've been saying before unlike in 2016 like that team obviously did not have the right guys running the system like you know when they got eliminated by the Packers this year they're on the rise you feel more confident with Joe Shane I mean Brian Dable all year long he did a really good job you know executing the plays and you know, when you, when it all comes down to it, Brian Dable really did more with less. And, you know, you mentioned the effect, Sam, I believe it was you who mentioned the effect that he had with Buffalo when he left. Mm-hmm. So Josh Allen, fun fact, had 19 turnovers this year for the Buffalo Bills. This year, Daniel Jones not only had eight turnovers, only five of them were interceptions, I believe. But... He was, I believe, he had the lowest turnover rating of all quarterbacks at one point one percent.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, like that just goes to show Josh Allen is this amazing quarterback that people flip flop between him and Patrick Mahomes and like Joe Burrow or like these top three guys. And like now, all of a sudden, about Dable, there he's turning the ball over nineteen times. Like that's crazy. That's like you know you think he's like one of these great quarterbacks, and that's just that's just the effect that Brian Dable has.
2: I make no mistake. I feel I still think that Josh Allen is an elite quarterback, but Absolutely. at the same time, I, I I think there's other reasons as to why the Bills had that early exit. But that's a story for another day.
0: Yeah, I know this is not a Bills show, but I I, I do think there are connections there. Yes, and uh, <laughs> with with the Bills pennant there. Um, but one thing I think we have to take away from the season too, we know that that Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley are proven worthy leaders of this offense. Um, Barkley carried the team in the first half of the season. Jones carried the team in the second half of the season offensively. So it was great to see both those guys be the one to punch in my father in the comments section, again, saying good coaches make good players. Uh, thank you, Joe. Appreciate your comment. Um, now, I want to ask you both this, and this might be a loaded question, but who do you think was the most improved player on the team from this season to last season?
1: Most improved? Hmm.
0: Loaded question, right? So yeah. It, it gets us thinking a little bit.
1: Yeah, I feel like there's like an obvious answer, and then I think that there are some more – in-depth answers I think like on the surface is Daniel Jones right like Daniel Jones obviously got better from last year to this year but I think that he was always like that it was just the coaching that wasn't that good I'm trying to think of somebody who's like actually physically got better in the last year um Hank do you have anybody off the top of your head
2: I would say that Andrew Thomas is definitely a candidate for that discussion I mean look I but like Daniel Jones with Andrew Thomas, that's a guy that I always knew was talented. So I kind of had a feeling that that was going to happen. And, you know, I have to admit, I think, Tom, we kind of had this conversation not too long ago. And I was kind of thinking Daniel Don't Jones. And it. you know what? I, huh? Don't
0: steal it. Don't steal it. I know what I'm you're going gonna... to say. Go ahead.
2: And to be honest with you, I still kind of feel that way. Mm-hmm. To a certain degree, because, you know, if you look over, look at the course of his numbers over the past two years, those turnovers were a slow downturn, like over the over the last few seasons. And tell me where I'm wrong. And I think You're you not. also saw more come from behind wins in the fourth quarter with Daniel Jones. So that's another thing that has definitely been huge, I would say. But. You know, I I think I'm definitely going to go with Daniel Jones, but there is another player that I have in mind. And, Tom, I have a feeling it's probably going to be the player who I was considering.
0: Uh, My most improved player is Dexter Lawrence uh, because he went from an above average interior defensive lineman to the best one in the National Football League. And I think Andre Patterson is the best non-coordinator coach we added to the roster, Uh, the coaching staff, I mean, this season. Um, You know, Leonard Williams quietly had a good season despite injury. We saw Nick Williams come in when he was healthy and do some stuff. Um, I also like the way Ryder Anderson played down the stretch on the interior. But but Dexter Lawrence should be a first-team All-Pro, in my opinion. Um, he's, He's going to the Pro Bowl. He he was a monster with seven and a half sacks. I, I just really like the way he played. Uh for me, Daniel Jones is my like second closest, but Sam brings up a good point. Like we always knew he was good. It it was just waiting for that right coach to come in. And back to this point, good coaches make good players. Absolutely. You know? Um, look at Brock Purdy right now in San Francisco. He has a great coach out there in San Francisco. So I think that's something to keep a a note on, but let's move on to our New York giants player of the week. Our final one of the season kind of sad because I I love doing this segment every week, but um, again, this Philly game, it, it, it was really a rough game to pick one, but there was one clear one, Sam that stood out and it was none other than Saquon Barkley.
1: Yes, Saquon, um, not even just this past year, um, but just in general, it's just overwhelmingly been much better for our run game, much better for our offense. Uh, nine rushes for 61 yards, Then he had a 39-yard run, which was very impressive. He averaged 6.8 yards per carry, uh, two catches for 21 yard, yards, and handed off a direct snap to Matt Brito, who scored the only Giants touchdown in this game. Um and people might say, like, "Oh, well, Saquon should have been the one to uh, to score that." But obviously, the play was to pass it off to the to the second running back there for Matt Breida, and it actually got points on the board for us. So that was uh, at least they didn't shoot us out completely.
0: Yeah, I, I could not imagine getting shut out by the Eagles in the second round. I was disappointed. I thought it would be a much closer game, but
1: I agree. And and to to say also, um, obviously, I was speaking with our friend of the show, Sporty Jordy. Um, So she was even saying, like, I was not expecting this. Like, she obviously was rooting for the Eagles and really wanted them to to kill us. But she was like, I was scared going into this game because I was worried that the Giants were going to keep it close. And that just didn't happen. And I don't know if that was false confidence. I don't know if that was just, you know, going up against a defense that was much more powerful than the Vikings' defense, you know, I don't know what it was, but it just wasn't good.
0: <laughs> they got healthy, um, Lane and Jalen on offense specifically. Yes. And I think the Giants focused a little bit too much on A.J. Brown. They geared all their attention to A.J. Brown, and every running back that entered the game carved this up. And we know Kenneth Gainwell and Miles Sanders had a ton of success, including Boston Scott. Um, and I think the Eagles just scored so many points so early. The Giants really were taken out of their element. Barkley, we we just read off. He only had nine rushes. Giants couldn't stop the run. So all this time was chewed off by Philadelphia, keeping the offense off the field. And Daniel Jones is getting pressure in his face the entire game. There's nothing they can do. It was very reminiscent of week 14. So I think through and through, the Eagles were just a better football team. They got healthier and could not stop the run. Uh, I don't think Wink had the best game plan. I thought the defense was very unprepared, and Jalen Smith and Jared Davis are garbage at the linebacker position.
2: <laughs> yeah, and to piggyback off of what you said, the problem with trying to focus on A.J. Brown is that you forget that the Eagles have a second number one wide receiver in Devontae Smith. and. freaking <sighs> guy.
1: Yeah, it's like great that we that you get you lock one guy down, but they have so many weapons on their team, which is why not they're like so good. the Vikings
2: good. who have that one guy and Justin Jefferson exactly. who can go you the you know, He's on the right guy.
1: Exactly, yeah. Henry.
2: Mhm. And it's
0: it's difficult to slow everyone down. So, you know, the game it's plan worked last me. week against Minnesota. Yeah, but not the Eagles. I'm sure the Eagles clearly watched the film of that Minnesota game and took advantage of it. Good coaching by Nick Sirianni.
2: Also, Dallas Goddard had a bit of a good game. And, uh, Tom, are we surprised? <sighs> no, I'm not
0: surprised. I don't want to think about it. Uh, it was rough. Tough Saturday night. It was never a game. It wasn't fun. It just wasn't fun. It wasn't fun to watch.
1: I'm telling you, I went out. I thought that I was going to have a great time. Me and my friend went to Buffalo Wild Wings. We sat out. You know, we, got a, we had a drink. <sighs> got some snacks. You and then I was surrounded by Eagles fans. And of course that first touchdown came around. They're all cheering. The second touchdown came around and I told her, I was like, if we're up four touchdowns by half, I'm going home. I'm not staying here. And they were. And then all of a sudden I was home by 10 PM on a Saturday night. Ridiculous.
0: Uh, yeah. And you know what? <sighs> Mike Kafka needs to do better. Um, I get it. He, he's getting all these coaching interviews, which is, which is great, but I just don't think the game plan was, was there. Um, but he still had a great season as coordinator. There's no doubt about that. But um, speaking of Mike Kafka and the giants, let's preview the off season a little bit here. So what we know right now is that the giants have signed 14 players to future reserve deals, including some notables, um, Chris Myrick, david sills the man who never seems to go away mm-hmm. and that's actually one big hint it doesn't sound like much but that's a big hint that should tell folks that daniel jones is 100 percent coming back next season if david sills is coming back you bet your ass <laughs> daniel jones is coming back <laughs> can you that's imagine how it goes can
1: you imagine they bring sills back and not daniel jones <sighs> there would be riots in the streets
0: To me, at least, the presser on Monday, Joe Shane gave a little bit, I wouldn't say too much away, but he kind of showed his cards on Daniel Jones a little bit to the media, more than, let's say, Saquon or Love. And then there was one point in the press conference where Dable just gave him a look. He's like, wow, you really said that, Joe? Like nothing bad or anything, but it's like, wow, okay. I saw that very confident that Jones is staying
1: yeah very. Confident. I saw that because he, he mentioned something about like Daniel Jones like ha- doing something with a super like something Super Bowl and that was when Dable was just like okay guess we're just throwing little easter eggs into the mix now
0: yeah it's tough it's definitely tough but um Another transaction: uh, Roy Embetica returning to the International Pathway Program. Henry Mondu and Lawrence Cager will be exclusive rights free agents in the off-season. Giants will have roughly fifty million plus in cap space to work with this off-season. They'll have a little bit over one million carryover from last season, which is not a whole lot. And you know, with the loss, the Giants are now picking twenty-fifth overall in this year's NFL draft. Um, we're going from 5th and 7th to 25th in one year. Who knew that this would happen? And realistically, I don't care that we're picking 25th because with the way the draft is panning out this year, a lot of the positions that we need aren't of high commodity in the early to mid first round. So I think you you go towards the end of the first round I don't want to get too carried away, but you have two great young corners: Cam Smith out of South Carolina, and then Joey Porter Jr. out of Penn State. You have Jordan Addison, the receiver out of USC, who I'd love to get. There's three guys right there. I mean, I'm cool with 25. I personally, I have no problem with it. You know, so I'm I'm very happy with, with where we are in the draft. How do you feel about picking 25 right now?
1: I I think I'd be a little bit more concerned if, if Daniel Jones didn't do as well as he did this year. And then obviously then we're thinking, you know, what are we doing at the quarterback position? Um, But no, I think that, you know, obviously everybody wants to have great draft picks and everything, but at the end of the day uh, with the team that we have, you know, we're we're basing off of what we need, you know, I'm thinking receiver, you know, like you were saying, couple corners. Um, I think personally, I think we should take a receiver with our first pick um, just because we have these guys and they're great, and I, and I know we drafted Wandale last year, but now he's now we don't know what's going on with him with his injury. I just I would love to have, you know, someone that we know is, you know, Isaiah Hodgins is is going to become that, but maybe a little bit of a safety net there. But yeah, no, you know, it is what it is at this point. And I, I'm I think that's it's fine.
2: Yeah, I still think there are a good amount of players we could take at 25, all things considered. I know you mentioned Joey Porter Jr. I have seen some highlights of him at Penn State, and I can tell you, if he falls to us, that is a guy who I think you absolutely should take, Given given how paper-thin our secondary was. Guy's a freak of nature. You could tell he has, like, the athletic genes.
0: I agree. Oh, his father, Super Bowl champion. I'll say that. Um, Mm -hmm. Comment here. What if we let Saquon walk, save money, and draft Bijan at 25?
1: Do we really want to let Saquon go after all this?
0: No, but... So... There was a rumor he turned down 12 million in the bye week, and I do believe it because I do think that's a little low for him considering his market. But I wouldn't go anywhere north of like 14 million with him. Uh,
1: what did Christian McCaffrey if not
0: offer? He got 16 to 17 million, I believe was the number. Mm-hmm. But Barkley said he doesn't want to reset the market, so it leads me to think that. He'll definitely be back. I'm confident he'll be back. I don't think we're taking Bijan at 25. That wouldn't be a bad selection if Barkley does go, but I do think Barkley will be back. Um, Yeah, it it was weird. That press conference was a little bit weird in a way because I think Joe Shane is going to play hardball with Saquon a little bit. I think the Jones deal will be easier to get done than Barkley's, in my opinion. I, I, I don't know why. I just have a gut feeling You always take care of the quarterback first. You know, it's more of a positional thing than anything at this point.
1: And also, we know Daniel Jones, not that Saquon would make a big fuss about it because I don't think that he would. He's not really like that diva type, but I do feel like whatever is given to Daniel Jones, he will just take. Like, he's not in it for the money. At least that's not what it seems like. Not to say that Saquon isn't the same way, but I feel like just the fact that Christian McCaffrey just got paid in. And I just did the math. a 16 per year for four years. So, mm-hmm. And Christian McCaffrey and him have very similar injury histories and very similar ways of, of their statistics. Oh, my camera just shut off. My bad. Um, but, yeah, so I, I, I think that Daniel Jones will just come in and they'll just be like, hey, this is what we're thinking, and you know maybe his agent goes up, down, whatever, and then it'll be done. I think it's going to be a very fast process
2: hmm. Yeah, I tend to agree with regards to the Daniel Jones thing regarding uh, getting his contract up, because at the end of the day, you really don't want to go back to square one with the new quarterback. And like I said, I'm still not 100 percent sure that he would be an elite quarterback. Maybe that changes. But at the end of the day, the more important thing is he's a guy that can win you games. You might as well keep him around for another year or two. Let's just hope the price is right.
0: Ah, I like that, Hank. Um,
2: oh, I mean, it'll one be of my favorite why not?
0: <laughs> now, Sam, you brought up something interesting this week, and I, I don't think there's much truth to it. But you mentioned, obviously, you know, Mike Kafka is getting a second-round interview with the Houston Texans. I don't think he's going to get the job, but I do think he will be a finalist for the job. Clearly, they like him if they're giving him a second interview. You yeah. mentioned something. If he gets hired by the Texans, he could potentially sway Daniel Jones to go there with them.
1: Yeah. It was like a, you know, it's kind of one of those rumors that people kind of run with yeah. and not to say that that would happen. I genuinely don't think it would happen. Mm-hmm. I don't th- well, let's just say, let's just say it did happen. And Mike Kafka gets the head coaching job. I feel like he might consider and he might think about it, but I don't think Daniel Jones is going to leave New York. Not after everything that it has been through. Um, but yes, it was a rumor because obviously the Texans have no quarterback really on their roster right now. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, obviously we didn't pick up DJ's fifth year option. So, but I, I think that it was just a, a big, big rumor and I don't think it has a lot of weight to it, but I just thought it was interesting and something to think about. But again, that can't happen until my Kafka is actually accepting a position in Houston.
0: Hank, how how much danger do you think the Giants are in losing their offensive coordinator, Mike Kafka?
2: I'm going to say maybe there's a 50-50 chance, only because Uh while I'm sure he probably would love the opportunity to become a head coach again, I don't know if the Texans are necessarily the most attractive destination for a new coach. I mean, after all, let's not forget, this is a team that's still paying off the debt that um, Bill O'Brien overspent with the credit card. And not to mention they're going to go, they're going to be going through if we including interim coach Romeo Cornell, what is it there? Yeah. Like fourth coach in the last or fourth or fifth coach already in the last like, I think it'll be their fourth.
1: (laughs) Whoever's new.
2: Yeah. And considering that two of the coaches only lasted one year Dave, with David Cully and Lovey Smith, you know, both getting the axe after really bad teams that, quite frankly, they were not the cause of all the problems with the Texans. I don't know how anybody like legitimately looks at the Texans and thinks, oh, hey, I want to coach there.
1: <laughs> You're definitely at rock bottom, that's for sure.
0: I do agree. I think the only argument against that is both of those head coaches were in-house hires. They were both promotions. Yeah, where that's if, you go out, if you go out and get a Kafka, he's an offensive-minded coach, which would be the first one they've had since Bill O'Brien. So that could hold some weight, but you're right. I mean, you fire a head coach two years in a row after one year, it's not a good look for the franchise and for potential uh, candidates coming in. You know, Nick Casario better have a good pitch to these guys that are coming in. And if they do hire Mike Kafka, they better take damn good care of that man. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Uh, So uh, another name that was mentioned in the press conference, uh, Julian Love. I, I, I really don't know because this was the first season that he really came out, had a defined role. And he was great. He was a captain. He led the team in tackles. But there were a few times where he blew some, like, even on Saturday night. I mean, that that one deep pass early in the game. I think it was, what, the second play from scrimmage? They ran a play action or something, and Love just got toasted. It was either Love or X. I'm trying to remember who who it was. I might be thinking of the Week 14 game. But Love's gotten burned a couple times this year. And I'm thinking, uh, I don't know. They, They were... Love was saying that they negotiated with him during the bye week too. So we'll see. I mean, those are the big three, right? Jones, Barkley, and Love. So what do we think about Julian Love? Do, from that press conference, I don't know if you guys watched that, that part of it, but do you think that there's optimism towards him as well?
1: I mean, I feel like at this point there should be because – Mm -mm. We had to get rid of James Bradbury last season, not because we wanted to was because of money purposes, like all these veterans on defense that are fulfilling leadership roles. We can't just keep getting rid of them, even Mm -hmm. if they do get toasted every once in a while. But I I agree. I think that it's something to at least worth fighting for to at least worth keeping around because if you keep going through these defensive veterans, you know, our defense is getting younger and younger and younger, which is not a bad thing necessarily, but you do need, I think on a, on a defense to lead because there is no one person on the defense. That's going to be the one that, you know, leads us all consistently over every team. I mean, Um, so I, I think that it's worth, Worth looking at, worth trying for, I'd like to keep Julian around. Um, but, you know, mm-hmm. we'll see what happens.
2: Yeah, I think he's definitely a guy that you want to keep around. He's been, I would say, probably one of the more versatile members of the secondary for sure. So definitely mm-hmm. not a guy that you want to lose. And he's been there for some of the losing seasons, too. So. With his playoff experience, I bet that would probably help the team down the line. Absolutely. Now let's get into our next segment.
0: Keep them or dump them. So the Giants, as we know, have 18 unrestricted free agents. I'm going to say a random name, and we're all going to chime in. We'll start with Sam, Hank, and then myself, and then we'll all say keep them or dump them, and then give a short reason why. And we're going to start with just a random name. And here's the first one: yeah. keep or dump.
1: Ah, uh, I gotta go first. Okay. Um, I love Darius. He's, he's he's been around at this, and 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 you know Shep has has obviously every year been something that is uh, gets hurt every year, and Darius kind of is like the one that almost steps up to that role. Um, yeah. obviously we've seen some major drops. From him, We've seen some major plays not work out with him. I'd love to keep him because he's done a lot for this team. But I think that there's just, we need room for a better receiver core. So unfortunately, I'm going to say dump him, but I don't want to. It's not anything against him. I just, we need to improve our receiver core.
2: Hank, where do you stand with uh, Slay? I like Slay. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he was probably one of the few draft picks that Gettleman made in 2019 that I would say actually was a decent one. And look, look past that drop that he had in the playoff win against the Vikings. He was still a very big part of that. And he did better this year, all things considered, given – what happened to some of the other members of their receiving core. So, you know, I'm pretty happy with the production he had based on the circumstances. However, with that being said, I think you need to find ways to improve the, the wide receiver position elsewhere. I don't think he's back.
0: I agree. He's gone uh, over 700 receiving yards in three of his first four seasons as a giant. He did have two touchdowns this year. Um, you know, best. Receiver on the roster on paper. Well, at least until they signed Isaiah Hodgins, but I think he's gone. No need to bring him back. I think there's more important positions to target. The giants have been rumored to potentially trade for number one wide receiver. We will see what happens with Darius Slayton. Next up, we're going to go with nasty Nick Gates, Nick Gates coming off that um, awful, awful leg injury um you know he's been on the team the same amount of time as Saquon Barkley he started a lot of games at left guard this year rotating with Ben Bredesen are we keeping him on on maybe a short-term deal or are we letting him walk
1: I say keep him keep him around put him at center we got we got to figure some things out on that line anyway figure it out we got to keep Nick Gates around he's obviously you know one of the like motivational momentous guys on this team everybody loves him everyone was so happy to see him come back I can see even with not a stellar resume in terms of football just his presence is going to make this team better and the offensive line better so I say keep him
2: yeah I agree he and Daniel Jones have a really good rapport why not definitely and yeah I agree with Sam definitely put him at center
0: uh I think he's a good placeholder to start at guard or center. I would love to see the Giants draft a center this season in the draft, sure. but sure. I would like to see Nick Gates stay and I think he will on a short-term deal. He's a leader. Um, you know, he's he's played with Daniel Jones and Barkley for a long time now, so I'm going to go keep Nick Gates as well on a a short-term deal though. Nothing crazy. You know, he's just coming off an injury that almost right, ended his career. Mm-hmm. All right, so one staying, one going. Next up, uh, a guy who emerged as the number two corner this season, uh, thanks to a boatload of injuries to Aaron Robinson, um, Rodarius Williams, etc. We have Fabian Moreau, uh, a veteran, a guy who came over from the Atlanta Falcons. Sam, are we keeping Fabian, or are we not bringing him back and trying to draft a corner?
1: Um. I mean, I know we were just talking about drafting corners at twenty-five. Um, honestly, I wouldn't mind keeping him around. I'll stick with that idea of having more of a veteran defense, having someone to lead the team. Um, Julian Love, obviously, in the mix there. But no, I, I feel like throughout this entire season, we have constantly mentioned Fabian Moreau's name and being uh, you know, even an honorary mention to Giant, uh, you know, Giants Player of the Week and things along those lines. I think that he can he can do some really great stuff for us. So while he might not be the biggest cornerback name in the league, I think that he's good for our team and good for our defensive scheme. So I say keep him.
2: Hey. Yeah, again, I would agree. Would definitely help with some of that depth in the secondary. So why not?
0: So this is the first one we're not going to all agree on. I'm getting rid of Fabian Moreau because you have Aaron Robinson coming back off the injury. You have Cordell Flott, who we saw really emerge in that playoff game against Minnesota and late in the season. I don't think Moreau was necessary. I think he was brought in due to injuries. I'd like to see him go. I won't be super mad if he stays, but I just think there's so many other holes, and you need to upgrade this roster. And I think if you draft a corner – I, I I'm gonna let Fabian Moreau walk and try to get uh on another team. So but so I might be in the minority there, but as a unit we are two to one in favor of Fabian Moreau. Okay. Couple comments here. Uh Deanna Karen saying, Hi friends, hi Deanna.
2: Hi Deanna. Hi, Deanna.
0: Hey, thank you very much for commenting. Appreciate you. Uh, Albert saying what's up. Grilbert Supreme, greetings, (laughs) Big Blue. Let's go, Orlando Solar Bears. Let's go. Albert is live from Amway Center right now in Orlando, Florida. Fun fact. Mm, Fun. Bert, co-host of Four Corners, had me on a show Monday night. Loved it. Loved every second of it. Um, All right. So we're three down so far. Um, all right. Daniel Jones. Oh, I just deleted his name. That <laughs> might be a sign. Um, keep him.
1: Right. Keep Daniel Jones. Keep him. Keep him. Keep him. Keep him. Keep, 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 keep Clean sweep, keep, sweep. here. Keep, 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 keep.
0: Yes. All right. So Jones, we're keeping. Yeah, keep him.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Again, do you really want to go back to square one for I don't, another uh, quarterback search, at least no. so soon?
0: No, they're they're, they're going to pay him three or four year extension um, around the thirty million number a year. There's a way to backload some of that contract if you want. Um, I think he'll get a healthy deal. I, I don't think it will be that insane of a deal as a lot of people would. Um, Diana says keep Daniel Jones. Yes, I mean <laughs> Diana knows what
1: she's talking about. Like, let's be real,
0: she does. <laughs> Jamie says, hello. Hi team. I'm going to miss you when football season is over.
1: Oh, that's right. I will miss your comments too. Jamie.
0: One of uh, our most consistent listeners, Jamie, our season finale live stream will be next week where we will be revealing our top 10 New York giants of the season. So we hope you tune into that. Uh, laughing emojis. <laughs> 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 All right. Next up, uh, Marcus Johnson. This was the one guy that Daniel Jones went at this year. He got very emotional towards him when he dropped that ball in the red zone in that one game. You know what? Let me just get out of the, out of out of the way. He was a good gunner on special teams but easily replaceable. Don't bring him back.
1: I agree. No reason to. And like we said, we're trying to update this this receiver core anyway, so
0: All right. So we're all getting rid of Marcus. Yeah, Hank. I'm not losing I'm sleep over that guy.
2: I am not gonna lose any sleep over uh letting uh, another Mark wide receiver who's hasn't really gotten too much action go. So
0: Adam Rothschild thinks DJ probably gets four years. What do you think, Hank?
2: Um, first of all, Mr. I agree. Rothschild, good to see you commenting again. And it's been a, w it's been a minute, but um glad to see you back. Um yeah i would say that's pretty realistic
0: i think four-year deals within range um you know we'll see maybe it's shorter they're definitely not tagging him it's definitely an extension um Mm -hmm. all right next up (laughs) this is gonna be a fun one richie james
1: a guy
0: who tied for the team lead in four touchdown receptions this season yet another wide receiver so far we've dumped two wide receivers um I can't imagine us getting rid of everybody um Sam (laughs) we saw the TikTok with Jordan on Rich so what are you thinking about Rich here
1: (laughs) yeah Jordan did not know that Richie James had dreads which was very funny um uh but yeah honestly in terms of like I don't know about receiver core. I mean, he did do great, amazing things, but keeping him for special teams, like punt returns, I think Richie James is a solid guy to keep around. I really have grown to like him over the past year. You know, he kind of popped up out of the ground, and we were like, who the heck is Richie James? And he's kind of made a name for himself on this offense. So I, I think that that's okay. I think it's good to keep him around.
2: Richie James, um. Sam, I'm sorry, but I think this might be the first area we disagree. Wow. I think that's another guy. That's another receiver that I feel like can be replaced. And I think the other reason why I'm saying this is because when was Tom, answer me this. When was the last time we had a punt returner where where every time you see the ball in the air, he has his hands up. You're like, please, fair catch it. Please, fair catch it. Please, fair catch it. Because <laughs> you'd worry about him fumbling it.
0: That's fair. Granted, he had a lot of yards in the slot this year for Daniel Jones, but I can't picture him being a factor in the receiving game next year. I think if he does stay, it'll be in predominantly a special teams role. Yeah, Um, that's
1: what what I meant. (sighs)
0: Something tells me they're going to keep him on a one-year deal and he's going to fight for a roster spot. So I I think they're going to keep Richie James for now and they're going to let them duke it out in the preseason because we know the Giants' injury history with wide receivers. And plus, I don't think they're getting rid of everybody. Um, So I'm going to to say they keep Richie James.
1: Yeah, because also, like, what if something happens to some of our receivers? I think Richie James is a solid backup for us to have.
2: Absolutely. But
0: don't fumble. (laughs) That's the only thing I'll say.
2: Now, Um, with that being said, I wouldn't necessarily lose any sleep over giving him a one-year deal.
0: No. All right. Uh, Julian Love, safety, led the team in tackles, in talks with the Giants for a contract extension. Sam, what do you got here with Julian?
1: I mean, I think I already pled my case for Julian earlier in the show. Um, Mm -hmm. I say keep him around for more of the leadership veteran presence. Um, While he did have his few things that that may not have been great, I think that he's still – a good part of our defense and and i think that we should keep them around i feel like i'm keeping everybody
2: you. <laughs> of, obviously you're keeping one of the best members of your secondary and julian love that's not even a debate <sighs> um
0: I'm a, notre- Ro- <laughs> I'm a big notre dame fan but uh this is This is a tough one, I think he stays, but I don't know if I want him to start at safety again next year like maybe I don't know there's just a lot of red flags from the impasse coverage, but um, I think he's going to stay. He was a very important part of this defense, but I don't want him getting any crazy um money chunked up deals uh no more than six million a year for Julian if he's going to stay. Um, I'm going to lean stay from now because ultimately I think that's what they're going to do with him. But I would not be shocked if he walks because the giants, they have to pay McKinney. If they want to keep him around, they're going to have to extend Dexter Lawrence. They're going to have to pay Andrew Thomas um, unless they give Andrew Thomas the fifth year option, which is likely right. They'll probably give him the fifth year option because of, you know, them taking him fourth overall in the first round of the draft. So you know, you probably won't have to pay Thomas until next year, which would be the smart decision. But, man, that's tough. I'm keeping love, but I'm not as confident in that as you guys might be. Um, next up, Matt Breida. Uh, Num- number two running back. Uh, he didn't play that much this year, but he had a nice catch in the wild co- in the Not the wild card game. Uh, Saturday's game ready? against the Eagles. 19-yard catch, third down really good job um but I don't think he's staying I I don't think he's staying I I think Brightwell's done a good job on special teams solidifying that number three running back role um you get Deshaun Corbin coming back um on a futures reserve deal I think they're going to draft a running back to back up Saquon um ultimately I think that's what's going to happen so I'm going to let Matt Breida go
1: yeah as much as I want to keep Matt um because I do like Matt Breida And I liked him on the Bills, and I liked him on the Giants. I was very excited when he showed up. I think when right before the season started, I think we had a show and we were talking about greatest acquisitions or whatever. And uh, I'm pretty sure I said Burita because I was very excited to have him. Um, But it's not necessary to keep him. Like you know, it's not like he's our star running back that we have to figure out. Um, I I I think that Bali was great, and and he did okay, and you know he was brought in because of the Bills connection not very necessary to keep him around. So unfortunately I'll say we can let Matt Brita go.
2: Hey. Yeah. I, again, that's a guy, another guy on the roster that I feel like is replaceable, even though I liked, liked him production wise.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Again, I think that's an, a guy you ought to let go. All
0: right. So Matt Brita is done. Next up, O'Shane Zimenez. Uh, Four years here out of Old Dominion. I believe he had four and a half sacks this year. Had, had his first sack since his rookie year, essentially. Um, again, the edge rusher room, it currently consists of him, Jihad Ward, Kayvon Dibido, and Aziz O'Jelari. Um I'm not sure um, what I'm thinking here yet. Sam, what are you thinking for O'Shane? Mm.
1: Honestly, I might just say dump because we have a very strong secondary, and while he has done good things for us, I think there are better people on the team. Um, If we didn't have to choose, I wouldn't mind keeping him around, but in this case, uh, yeah, I'm just gonna yeah, I'm just gonna go with dump. Hank, what
0: are you thinking? Dump. That's Straight it.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I get out really didn't get that. Really, didn't get that much of an opportunity. And again, another guy you can definitely replace.
0: He was getting outrepped by Taman Fox. Uh, I mean that, that that that's all you need to know. Oh, Shane's gone. He's not coming back. So, um, Sorry, thank you.
1: O'Shane.
0: Thank you for the four years. Next. <laughs> um, all right, Saquon. We all think he's staying. Keep, but do we think there's a chance he plays on the franchise tag? I don't think he will because he's been here for five years. I think he's owed a contract at this point. The problem is with Shane and Dable, the new regime. They're like, "Hey, this is only our second year with you. Really, think about it, you know." So, do we think there's a shot he plays on the on the tag? I don't put.
1: I'm sure they'll try to convince him to, but I agree to bring up the Christian McCaffrey contract again, I, I I don't see why Saquon wouldn't, wouldn't say, Hey, you know, how come I don't get that type of money kind of mm-hmm. deal. So no, I, I think that he probably won't.
2: Yeah. I think he's definitely going to be back. The only question is to whether or not it's going to be an extension and, you know, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if he, you know, plays in the, under the franchise tag, but I feel like it's more likely that he's going to come that if he does come back, it's going to be under a contract extension. but either way, I don't, I'd be very shocked if the giants were to somehow let him go.
0: Yeah. I think 14 to 15 million is the number for Saquon that they're probably going to wind up paying him. I'm not saying that's what I would do. Uh, I think they're going to wind up paying him 14 million because that leadership can't be replaced. And, you know, mm-hmm. you don't want to bank on a running back in the draft. Um, you don't know how that'll pan out. The Giants had a running back problem before they drafted Barkley. Um, plus, that talent is unmatchable. Next up, uh, Nick Williams, defensive lineman, won on IR early.
2: I think he's gone.
1: Yeah. I say dump.
2: Yeah, sorry. he's he gone, as Hawk Harrelson, the former White Sox announcer, would say. He did play
0: well when he was in the lineup, but I think the Giants are going to draft an interior defensive lineman. They're going to have a, probably going to have uh, nine picks as of right now, and they might be rewarded two comp picks as well. So I think Nick Williams is a replaceable player. Um, up next, we're going with punter Jamie Gillen. Um, eh, this should be an interesting no. one. <laughs> Sam's like yeah, after that drop kick, absolutely
1: after yeah. that. God forsaken just disgusting thing. I just, no offense, Jamie Gillen. Um maybe he will thrive somewhere else, but I think we just we just need to find a different punter. I
2: think that the, there's no reason for us to keep him around, honestly. Sadly that wasn't even the biggest punting disaster I saw live against the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles, but yeah, I I tend to agree with you. I don't really don't really want him back for another year, although Would it surprise me if he stayed? Not necessarily because, I mean, maybe harder to find another punter, but personally.
0: This is why they should have found a way to keep Riley Dixon last year. Uh, Punting for the Rams. He thought he he was going to a better situation. He got another job for a reason, for a good coach. So, you know, they they had it down here, the Rams, but gillen's numbers I, I don't know i think they're keeping them though uh i'm not saying i want to keep them but i think they're keeping them hank said it. who else is out there that they're gonna go ahead and bring you are gonna waste the draft that's punter? no
1: no so, no that's
0: i don't think he was bad enough where they say hey jamie we're really sorry you're you're gone i think they're giving him one more year to prove himself
1: if he if he gets the kicking down and he conditions his hair over the summer, I will consider keeping him around. His hair bothers me. I don't mind the long hair. You guys know me. I don't mind the long hair, but it does right. not look luscious and soft, and I need him to condition it.
0: That's, yeah, it. See, that's all I'll say. For <laughs> me, like, the hair's not great, but it's more about the hang time. It, the, the, the hang yeah. time of his punts are just non-existent.
1: The importance uh, of conditioned weird. hair, though, Hank.
0: Uh, that, was weird. that was weird the way it came out, but yeah.
1: <laughs> we have to worry about the hair conditioning now. It's it's, it's important.
0: All right, so 2-1 so <laughs> to one in, in favor of getting rid of Jamie Gillen. Um, again, I want him gone too, but I think he's going to stay. Um, Tudo, how's it going, Tudo? We knew you'd hop in here at some point. Massive salutes and respects to big boss Tommy, Hank, and Sam and all diehard Giants fans and the chat from Munich, Germany. Big brother, Joey. I guess he's talking to my dad. Yeah. Uh, all right. We have a few more. They
1: play football games in Munich now.
0: That's right. I believe the NFL is going to have one there. Oh, they had one there this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Jihad Ward. Jihad Ward. Now, remember Aziz, injury problems early in the year. Kayvon Thibodeau missed the mm. first two games. Veteran edge rusher played on their wink in Baltimore. They only signed them to a one-year deal. Why not do it again? Why, yeah. why not? He he was a big part of the Giants' success this year. You know, he had a few sacks. I believe he had two and a half, three sacks this year. Um, he had a good amount of quarterback pressures and I think he helped the giants, especially the first two to three weeks of the season when the defense was still trying to figure themselves out. I'd like to see him back. Um, but not on any crazy deal, short one year deal. If he performs well again, fine. You know, again, you're gonna have to bring some people back, no? So it's it's tough to just say, oh, he's an average player. He's he's gone. Some of these average players are going to stay, and I think Jihad Ward is one of them.
1: Yeah, I agree. You made a you you brought up a good point with the fact that Aziz and and Kayvon both have injury history and Jihad Ward is just a really solid backup to have. We've seen, we've seen him done great things on the field. So yeah, I'd say keep him.
2: Hank. Yeah, I would agree. I think he's definitely somebody you could probably keep around on defense.
0: So we're dumping O'Shane, but we're keeping Ward and we have five more names to go. Casey Prider, the long snapper. Um, I think he's the least of our problems. He he was a captain this year. Bring him back. Um, I I, I just think he's a really good football player. High IQ player um, is a leader on the special teams. He could help Gillen get right a little bit. Second year connection. If we're keeping Gillen, you've got to keep Kreider. you know? So that's how I feel personally. I think Casey Kreider is a good football player, not talked about enough, by the way. So shout out to some, uh, Shout out to our long snappers. We we appreciate you.
1: Hmm. Yeah. No. I I don't see any reason to get rid of something that's not terrible. Or broke and something yeah. and something that's hard to find in a long snapper. So yeah.
2: We know the long snapper. That is, is one triangle. area on the Giants where if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So yeah, Trey, keep
0: Trey Junkin throwing some junk. Uh I'll, I'll tell you this. The long snapper is a very undervalued position because a lot of things could go wrong. And Graham Gonneau, who was very successful on field goals. A lot of those field goals also need to be credited to Casey Kreider because the balls are just positioned perfectly for Gano to deliver the kick. So again, long snapper, very undervalued position. And as much as we liked Zach Diossi, he was not the best long snapper. Um, Think Casey Kreider's a better long snapper. Kreider also a pro bowler in 2018. Fun fact. Nice. Four more. Sterling Shepard. Hmm. Um, this is tough, Sam. I'll let you go first here. Oh,
1: I gotta go first. Yeah. Um, oh my love for Sterling Shepherd runs deep. It really does. I think that he is a great football player. I think that. He's been a great leader, even when every single time he's injured, he's on that sideline, he's chanting, he's cheering, he's in the locker room, he's hyped up. He's a great part of our team. But I can't with the injuries. Every year there's something wrong, and I don't want to dump him. I really don't. But if there is guys in the draft and free agency that are worth our time and worth bringing them in to make this receiver core better... I'd love to have Sterling Shepard as, like, a wide receiver coach. Like, I want to keep him, like, in the organization somehow. It's just, unfortunately, those injuries are so bad, and they really affect us in the long run. But Shep will always have a special place in my heart. I don't want to dump him. I don't want to see him go. But I think for the overall health and longevity of our team and our building wide receiver core, it it might be time. I feel like I'm breaking up with him. (laughs) I I, it's like, it's not you. It's me.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, look, it's not like, it's not like we don't get where Sam is coming from. I mean, he was one of the longest tenured giants and he was there for some lean years and to see, his Giants career possibly end with a torn ACL because of that stupid turf that the Maras thought was a good idea to have in that stadium. Freaking turf. Yeah, it's it sucks, especially because the one time like they were, it looked like they were going to get better, he doesn't really have a chance to play in any big games, much less another playoff game. So, yeah, I totally sympathize with Sam and see where she's coming from. But with that having been said, I feel like he's another wide receiver that ultimately is replaced, and I think they have to focus on the long-term and improving that position. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, this is tough for me because I could easily see him st- staying where they say, hey, look, we're going to keep you on a one-year prove-it deal. We know you're recovering from the ACL. You're coming off the Achilles as well. Uh, No other team is really going to take a a stab at you this time. We know you the best. We're going to keep you here and play you on a one-year deal. But then the other part of me, the business brain of me, is saying you have to let him go. Um, Also, I didn't mention he could be a veteran receiver voice in that locker room. But part of me saying the Giants are going to trade for a number one wide receiver. Part of me just thinking it could happen. They could trade for a T Higgins. They could potentially trade for a Mike Williams, somebody of that caliber. Uh, they need to get Daniel Jones, a number one wide receiver. Sterling Shepard is not that we've seen Isaiah Hodgins develop. We've seen Wandale Robinson develop. Um, you're keeping around David Sills. So there are guys there who have chemistry with Daniel Jones. It's not like he doesn't have anybody. He, he'll still have Saquon Barkley. He'll, he'll have Daniel Bellinger for another three to four years at least. So uh, I don't see the purpose of keeping Sterling Shepard on the roster for those reasons. But it's also important to keep in mind that there could be some value to keeping him on the football team because another team might not take him. And, you don't know, maybe you just don't want to give him up for nothing. You know, maybe you just want to give him... One more year and just see how it goes. If anything, have him as a backup. You know, have him play the poor man's Amani Toomer type of role. Be the backup to that number one receiver. Um, but yeah, that's that's how I feel about Shep. I think he's going to go, but uh, we will see. Tudo really says. It's gonna be very sad. Tudo says, Hank, never blame any loss or injuries on turf, field, ground, fences, or weather. We're all trained to play and perform on any grounds or weather or altitude. It's all about proper training and preparation.
2: I, I slightly disagree with that, but I mean he's not entirely wrong, but when you look at how many injuries have happened as a as a result of that turf at the Meadowlands, something's not quite right. And I'm Tudo, and I'm talking. Go ahead. Ask anyone who's played the Eagles how they felt playing at the Vet all those years.
0: Yeah, this is this is my thing too. I do agree with you, but I've walked on the turf at MetLife Stadium in just regular sneakers, low cut sneaker, and I almost tripped. <laughs> <laughs> I walked on that stadium a couple times. Okay, so. Uh, I'm not going to blame the turf, though, because Sterling Shepard is hurt every year. He he hasn't always gotten hurt on the Giants turf either. So he is right. Yeah, um, no, I, I – yeah. yeah.
1: Not completely so, incorrect, but also my life just sucks.
0: Yeah, I, I, I do like where Tudo is coming from here. Um, uh, I'm not going to blame Shep's injuries on the turf only because he's gotten hurt every year. So there right. comes a point in time where you have to start looking at the player and saying, hey – it's maybe it's you, you know, maybe yeah, you're not training definitely. properly. Who knows? Um, Jason says, Tom, we talked about this. Make Shep the wide receivers coach. That's what I just Easier said. Easier said than done, Jason. Easier said than done. Uh, look, people, oh, let's make Davis Webb the quarterback's coach. Well, you, you don't know. You, you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> like, oh, man. I would not be opposed love- to that with Jason.
1: I just love Sterling Shepard's energy with this team. Even every year yeah. when he's sitting in street clothes on the set. that's that's the thing. It's like if there was a way to just Not hire Sterling Shepherd to be like a personal hype man, mm-hmm. that would be his job. Like he's I agree. just the energy is good.
0: Justin Ellis, I say let him go. Um, again, Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, um, Ryder Anderson. Wasn't very. I mean, the Giants one of the worst run stopping teams in the, in the league, so I don't see a place for him. I don't.
1: I agree. I agree.
0: Plus, he's the biggest dude on the roster, weight wise. Um,
1: oh yeah, it's not. It's and, not Evan Neal or Dexter Lawrence.
0: No, it, uh, Jelly is. I jelly. I think it's Jelly. And now I have to look it <laughs> up.
1: What a fantastic nickname.
0: Uh, Jelly. He's like 3- three hundred thirty-four 30. pounds, but
1: oh, gonna... I got it. I said three thirty. I was.
0: Ugh! Evan Neal is three. Oh, yeah, you're right. Evan Neal does weigh more than him. Wow, look at that! I, I Neal, I, you, you you know what it, it is? It's the so height.
1: Thick.
0: It's the height on Evan Neal. The fact that he's six seven makes you think that he's. You know, you can't see the weight as much on him for a guy like Jelly, who's 6'2 and 330 and 6'7 and 350. There's a big difference there. I
1: think there's also a difference in muscle mass. Yes. There, too.
0: Like, Jelly is Jelly for a reason. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Evan Neal is muscle, you know. So, sorry, Jelly. Hank, did I I, I skip you there?
2: You did, but, uh, yeah, no, I don't disagree with that. My bad. It is your bad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, John
0: John Feliciano uh, started all the games he was available for at center this season, except for one. Um, You know, he had some good moments, had some not so good moments, had some holding penalties, and he had a couple of disciplinary fouls in in the game. Uh, Hank, we'll start with you here on this one. What are you doing with John Feliciano?
2: yes okay goodbye I'm sorry but those penalties that he took and a lot of the sacks he let up I don't think he's back
0: it's tough I like him as a person because he defended Daniel Jones a lot he really did
2: I know but yeah
1: I know I I like John Feliciano too I like him and I liked him coming in and I thought that he was going to be a lot better of a player for us um but some guys just don't mesh well if we can keep him, I say keep him, but if there are reasons to get rid of people, then I say that he he's someone that we can dump. But I I think that maybe, center is not the place for him, right? He was a guard, I think, in Buffalo. Dark. So yeah. yeah. So maybe maybe he thrives in a different position, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: not at center at least.
0: I just think they need to draft at this position and replace him or but draft and sign at this position and upgrade from him. Cause now the giants have money to upgrade from him. Um, I think they brought him in because of the cap situation that they were in. We're already keeping Nick Gates. You have Ben Bredesen who will be entering a contract year. You have Mark Lewinsky on the other side. I think we're signing somebody and drafting somebody. I don't think there's a place for Feliciano. Um, so I'm going to let him go. Um, But I would not be shocked if he's back. You know, he has ties to Dable and Shane. I wouldn't be mad if he's back, but I mean, I don't really have an attachment to him. So I think. All right. So we have Felicia going. last one. Tony Jefferson, free agent, came in from the Baltimore Ravens, had some good moments, played some linebacker, too, for safety. But we have X. We all think love's coming back. We have the rookie Dane Belton. And we have Jason Pinnock, who who are all under rookie deals. I think Jefferson's a goner, but I do think he made a huge impact this season. And I I would not be shocked if he's back on our practice squad at any point. I just don't know. We have a lot of safeties on our roster right now. We're not even including Trenton Thompson, who's on a reserve deal, who shined in the preseason. So I think Tony Jefferson is um, not coming back.
1: Yeah, well, I think the same argument as before. No reason to keep some of these guys around on defense.
2: Yeah. Hank? Yeah, I don't think he's coming back.
0: All right. So we agreed to keep the following players out of the 18. Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, and Julian Love, the big three. And we only kept four others, Nick Gates, Fabian Moreau, Sorry, five others Richie James, Casey Kreider, and Jahad Ward. So we're keeping eight out of the 18 free agents. So a little less than half. So there's going to be a lot of new faces for the Giants this season. In fact, out of all of those names, I'm only keeping one, two, three, four, five, six. I'm only keeping seven. I voted no on Moreau, but we're going to say eight as a group. So hmm. wow. It was a fun little exercise. I know it was a long, but, you know, it was a little us, fun to see.
1: Put us in the front had, office.
0: Like. <laughs> we know what we're talking about. Um, yes, Tudo, <laughs> I, I, I do agree with you. I, you know, I, I definitely, I'm not, I, I understand. You are allowed. This. You know, Tudo is a rugby. Absolutely, absolutely, everyone's entitled to their opinion. That's why we have these conversations yes. and, and these live streams. We love to talk with people, whether you agree or disagree with us. That's the beauty yeah. of the show mm-hmm. um he is a rugby player, so I, I, I get it Tudo. you've seen it firsthand how how it is um you know Tudo seems like a tough s o b you know i mean that's that's what he seems like for so, sure with i mean much yeah i mean t- and respects too yeah it was that was
1: a nice to break. be fair, yeah, Tudo has <laughs> actually played physical you know. Yeah. Stuff like that. But I, I just know from I know mean less. I I didn't play professional ball in any way, shape, or form. But my my experiences playing sports on turf have been less than ideal, personally. Not at my life stadium, obviously. But maybe I'm just biased.
0: Yeah, I I hate our turf. They're switching it to artificial grass, but again, there comes a point in time where you have to you know start blaming the players, the medical staff, you know. Train, train. I mean, Eli Manning never got hurt. And he, he played on that turf for nine years. nine Nine, ten years he played on that turf and never got hurt once. He never missed a game. Well, <laughs> the Geno's <laughs> first that.
1: We don't have to talk we about like. it.
0: But finally, I have a little prediction that I'm going to make. And if either of you have one as well, feel free to chime in. But I just want to say this is my prediction. If I'm Joe Shane. This is what's happening this offseason. Giants will retain their core folks and Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley and Julian Love. So we're keeping the big three. That's what I think is going to happen. Casey Kreider, Nick Gates, Jamie Gillen and Jihad Ward will all return on one year deals. Giants will release Kenny Galladay to clear up six plus million in cap savings. Giants will attempt to restructure Leonard Williams' contract, maybe extend it by a year to even out some of the money because Williams technically only has one year excuse me, left on that deal. So if you extend it, you'll have him for two more years, which will be nice. Giants will go out and sign a veteran linebacker in free agency like a Tremaine Edmonds who played for the Buffalo Bills or Drew Tranquil from the Los Angeles Chargers, potentially to pair with second-year rising second-year linebackers, because they're still technically rookies, Micah McFadden and Darian Beavers. Don't expect Jalen Smith or Jared Davis back. This will likely be the only major external move the Giants bring in an inside linebacker like they did with Antonio Pierce over 15 years ago, and it really paid off. So I think the Giants will go out and sign a big-time linebacker in free agency. Other than that, I don't think any other major external moves Will be made. Um, maybe they trade for a, a wide receiver, but in free agency, this, this is the only thing I expect them to do. I mean, maybe a guard, maybe like a good swing guard, but that's my prediction.
1: But what would you guys do if we got like DeAndre Hopkins or something? Like
0: <sighs> pass out.
1: It's po- and it's possible. Like they're they're like he's on the yeah, he's on the block. Talking.
0: I just I don't like it. <sighs> How do I say this in a nice way that I don't like his attitude? You know, uh, 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 that that he's that's my such
1: an excellent football player, though.
0: He is, and he has good hands. He has good hands.
2: Personally, I'd love it. See, I would love to have have that have him on the team, but then again, we also dealt with Odell Beckham Jr.'s antics, so I don't think yeah. he's as much of a diva. I agree I, that that worries me. And what is it with the receivers that have a lot of these uh, diva antics?
1: I don't really see that that much in DeAndre. though. But then again, I do I mean-
0: know one incident that I'm going, he, he has been suspended a few times. Remember? Well, he's the PEDs, the that's- yeah. So that is a red flag to me. Um, Plus, um, there was one incident that I'd prefer to keep under the rug, but he he was flipping the bird off to some fans on the way to the game one day. Um, This was about three years ago um, out in Arizona. But other than that, I'd I'd have no problem with his production. I mean, eight touchdowns in 2021, 1,400 receiving yards in 2020, and he had 717 receiving yards last season in a game where he missed six games. So he almost – had as many as Darius Slayton did, who played the entire season. There is a valid argument to potentially bringing him in.
1: Just something to think about.
0: Absolutely. No, it is something to think about. Um, from a production standpoint, I, I would like him. I just don't. I don't know if I'd want like the extra baggage that comes with it. But well, I mean, I, I much prefer Isaiah Hodgins because <laughs> he he also costs a lot less money.
1: That's but, very true. Very yeah. true. Uh,
0: not, not not, to sound cheap or anything, but... And that's Thanks. the thing that, that sucks about Kenny Galladay. Uh, and, and you know what? I'm just going to say this about Kenny Galladay, and you can torch me all that you want about this. Galladay is the consummate professional. Um, he could have quit the team. He could have left. He could have been furious and... You know, publicly made comments about his role, but he never did any of that. As much as he's been an awful addition to this football team, and as much money that he's cost us and put us in a hole, Kenny Galladay is a true professional. Uh, yeah, you know, he hasn't come out and said anything bad about anybody. You know, he's done his job. He he graciously played in that Week 18 game against the Eagles, and then came out and said, you know, he's like, I don't catch enough touchdowns anymore to really. You know, be ha- happy about this. So you know, he's admitted he hasn't played well. He hasn't been available. So yeah. I really no, think you're right. That Kenny Galladay is a good guy. I just don't think sometimes good guys aren't the answer from correct for winning. You know, so
1: yeah. No, you're right. Though he never he has never said in the entire time he's been here, he's not said a word about anything. Right. So I respect that.
0: Similar to Ingram when he was here. Ingram didn't start. I mean, he hasn't said much. Not really. After he left, no, he, he's another guy. He just couldn't handle it here, you know?
1: We talk more crap about Evan Ingram than he ever talked about that team. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's true. But I think Kenny G's gone much better than Kadarius Tony's attitude. I'll say that. Um, I'll still never forget that night where we just all, like, laughed and I I went like, oh, this is such a great pick.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, we can't tell the future sometimes. It is what it
0: is. No. But, folks, um, that's going to wrap up our show for the night, Um, unless you've had anything else. I do want to remind everybody that next week we will have our season finale live stream. Fonz DeFalco will be joining the show to perform a punishment. For those of you that are interested, he will be explaining why Daniel Jones is a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson. Um, That was his punishment offered to him by his Four Corners (laughs) co-host. So he'll be coming on our show to give a presentation as to why Jones is better than Jackson. We're also going to recap the high and low points of the 2022 season. We'll give out our season awards and reveal our top 10 players for 2022 giant season i know sam you are um potentially mia for next week so any trying to feel it out if you're not available anything you want to leave the audience with here before we sign off Uh,
1: well first of all fantastic season of big blue avenue not like we we had a great time i think we all had fun this year um kind of getting better with the team um I'm just so happy as usual to talk football with you guys. It's it's always a pleasure, and um, yeah, I I, I just I'm very excited for what the future is going to hold. The off season things that we can talk about, the videos that we'll make over the summer before the season starts again, and yeah, just it just it's always a good time talking Giants with you guys.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's I can't believe we're almost at the end of our third season doing this I mean Tom I still remember not too long ago when we were all stuck in quarantine and you and I kept like texting each other random Giants trivia questions it was (laughs) it was one of the few things that I really like remember positively and suffice it to say it definitely was one of the few I like to say that Big Blue Avenue starting was one of the few redeeming factors of what was a really shitty year of 2020 and ever since then we've continued to do a lot of more fun episodes and hey we're gonna go out with the bang to end season three next week and i cannot wait to continue being on this journey with both of you guys for years to come and hey we finally got to do a season with the giants in the playoffs (laughs)
0: right. It's crazy to think about. Season three of doing this show, the Giants will make the playoffs, especially the way they ended last year. Um, I do want to say, Sam, awesome having you back this year. Um, you know, we love having you on. And Hank, always a pleasure. You know, love having you on as well. Both of you put in so much work and without the two of you, these shows wouldn't work. So I mean, each of you brings something different to the table, different ingredients that make this show work, and the fan base that we've emerged from this Tudo commenting. It's two twenty one a.m. here in Munich, <laughs> Germany, <laughs> yeah. right now.
2: Yeah, Munich. you are Sorry. dedicated as you are dedicated. We as love self. Tudo. So, oh yeah, Tudo.
0: I know you have like ten hundred comments here. We we've only been so so many of them, but you know we appreciate you and everything that you do. Um, To support our show It does mean a lot And I do want to say this Just because we're done with live streams Doesn't mean the content stops We'll still be putting out off-season content Hell, when Barkley and Jones get paid Oh, you know We might have to do a special live stream Or some sort of video on So we're going to have some cool stuff in store So don't get me wrong We'll still be Yeah folks, stay tuned next week Season finale, should be a good show Really excited to do it on behalf of Hank and Dichter and Sam Cardona, I'm Tom Scabetta, wishing you all a blessed and lovely evening. You've been watching Big Blue Avenue here on Facebook Live and YouTube. And, folks, without further ado, let's go Big Blue.